My name is Steve. I'm one of the pastors here at the church. Uh, Pastor Dave and Karen, as Brian mentioned, are at a, a wedding. Their nephew's getting married in California today. And so they had an uh, opportunity to go out to see them, all their family. And I think it's going to be nice for them to take a couple days off. Amen. And, and they're taking their grandson to Disneyland so, for the first time. So that'll be fun. I think that's tomorrow. So how many people love Disneyland? I love Disneyland. Disneyland's fun. Disneyland is fun. Hey, if you guys are, are ready for the word today, I, I, uh, I have an opportunity occasionally to get to speak, and it's a, it's a thing I don't take lightly. I, um, I spend a lot of time in preparation, and, and it's an opportunity to share what the Lord about two months ago laid in my heart. And so let's open in prayer, and then we'll dive into the word today. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Thank you, God, for our lives. Thank you for this great church, this time to worship. Holy Spirit, we make room for you today. We want to hear from you. We want to know you more. We love you, Father. We thank you that we get to gather together today in this house and be together with you. Thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. The title of my message this morning is Walk in Newness of Life. We're going to land in, uh, you can put your finger a little tab in Romans chapter 6, but we're going to start just a brief touching in Acts because the book of Acts is the beginnings of our church, the beginnings of what the church was to look like. And there's a particular individual in Acts that is very familiar to most people if they've been in church. Even if you haven't been in church, you may have heard of a guy named Saul who became Paul. Paul, or Saul, he is responsible for writing about two-thirds of the New Testament. So the Bible that we have now, driven by the Holy Spirit, was penned by this man. And Saul, as, uh, as you may find out, as, I'm gonna, uh, we don't have time to go through the whole book, chapter 9, or the, the whole chapter 9 of Acts. We're going to touch on a couple of verses this morning, but it should give us hope. This is a message of hope. And if you haven't yet made your commitment to Jesus, you've got hope. If you've made your commitment to Jesus and maybe you've wandered a little or you've strayed off the course a little bit, you still have hope. This guy, Saul, our first verse we're going to read this morning, he's breathing these threats. This is, this is Acts chapter 9, verse 1. But Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priests and and asked them for letters to the synagogue at Damascus, so that if he found anyone belonging to the way, that is, believers in Jesus, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. These leaders were on Saul's side. They wanted to rid the world of the way. And Jesus and his disciples were literally turning the world upside down. And they weren't blending in with the traditions of the Jewish church. And so this was a guy who had all the authority uh, on earth to do great things because these people gave him these letters to go capture these people, these believers of Jesus. But it's a beautiful story because it has a very, very interesting twist. And that's why I say you got to read Acts chapter 9. I, like I, we don't have the whole time. I'm going to land on Acts 20, though, because after Saul... Some of you know the road to Damascus story. He's riding along, 
He's got these letters from the authorities and he's ready to go capture these people belonging to the way. And a bright light shines, he falls on the ground and Jesus interfaces with Saul immediately. He begins to speak with him. And he says, Lord, what, who, who, why are you, Jesus, you know, he's wrestling. He can't see now. He's blinded. But through that whole process, the power of God, the Holy Spirit, the supernatural event that happened to Saul in, in Acts chapter 20, let's put that on the screen. And immediately he proclaimed Jesus in the synagogue saying, he is the son of God. That's 20 verses later when we heard in the first verse, which said he was collecting these people to arrest them and murder them and persecute them. In 20, 20 verses, the Holy Spirit interacted with him, this supernatural conversion. It's point number one, if you're taking down notes, God can use anyone to bring him glory. Amen? Anyone. We just read about Saul. And, and what God did in his life, it's a powerful story. You know, it's incredible for me to look back on my life over the past couple decades. Um, you know, I went, grew up in the church with Pastor Dave. He was my youth pastor, and he led me to the Lord. Many of you know that story. And, and I began, I graduated high school, I began my college career, and I had a love for baseball like nobody's business. I wanted to play professional baseball. Oh, I just love to play baseball. And, and I want to show you even to prove it. This is me. Show those pictures. Maybe. Yeah, look at that guy. Come on. Number two. Come on. Let's go. Bring the other one up. Come on. Yes. All right, here's the best one. Uh-huh, that's a trophy. So baseball was my life. I loved baseball. And I wanted in the worst way to play professional baseball. Now, how many people would think that, what are the chances of somebody playing professional baseball? What do you think? It's like one in a gajillion. I don't know. It's, yeah, it's real hard. But the cool thing about it is that that dream of playing college baseball, that day stopped. And immediately after that, Within about a week, I was going to Grand Canyon University down in Phoenix, and uh, right after that happened, one of the campus pastors reached out to me, and he said, hey, how are you doing? I want, I want you to share your story, man, because I had come from Washington State all the way to Arizona with this dream of playing baseball, and I had this opportunity to share my testimony, my story of God, what he'd done in my life to probably 500 students at that campus. And it was an awesome night. Right after that, I go, I get a call from Pastor Dave, and he says, hey, can you come to San Diego where I'm the youth pastor? Share your testimony. I want the people to hear who God is in your life. Those were powerful times. And that kick-started the next 25 years of my life. I completed my, graduate, or my undergraduate studies at Grand Canyon, and then I got a master's degree in physical therapy. There's a picture of that. I prove it to you. That's my mom and dad. That's in 1996. And I love that job. I worked in that job for 20 years. And, and it was a point when people were at their worst physical 
points, typically. Car accidents, strokes, injuries, you name it. And I got to begin to see what God was doing in my life, this idea of helping people and beginning to touch them and, and, and minister to them in a physical way, help them to go from a wheelchair to walking maybe with crutches or a walker and, and then to, to nothing. And so it was a great opportunity to begin to hone who I was. So that time of losing the baseball thing, working all through college, just newness of life was beginning to happen in my life. And over the last eight or 10 years, I've begun to do more formal kind of ministries. If you would have said to me 10 years ago that you would stand in front of a church and preach, I would have said, wow, how, how would I do that? Because I didn't know about it, but God did. And you know what? The cool thing about it, God has a plan for my life, and he has a plan for your life. Every person in here has a plan from the Lord. We walk and step in the, in, in, along with this Holy Spirit, and it's a powerful opportunity to do what he wants you to do. Amen? Now, that time of good, some good, some bad, you know, witnessing what the Lord has done in my life, that's kind of my Damascus Road story. Maybe not quite like Saul, but we all have a road story, a story of walking along. If you haven't yet said yes to Jesus, today could be the day. Amen? Today is, what's the date today? Today's March 31st. It's 1035 in the morning. And we have an opportunity to say yes to Jesus today. And if you haven't done that yet, I pray that, uh, that, that we're going to have a time to pray this morning at the end of the service. Point number two, what is your Damascus Road experience? I want you to begin to start thinking. We heard that Saul had this supernatural encounter with Jesus on the road to Damascus, knocked him off his horse, blinded him. He went to go meet a man named Ananias, and Ananias prayed over him, and the scales fell off, and he had, what we said in, in, in verse 20 of Acts 9 was immediately he began to speak about Jesus. And so don't lose that what God did for you moment. It reminds me of Jesus in, in Revelation 2.4, speaking to the church of Ephesus. Jesus is speaking, but I have this against you, that you have abandoned the love you had at first. These are believers, people. These are people like us. If you've said yes to Jesus and you're in this church, these people were similar to us. They had lost their love, the first love of salvation in Jesus. And we don't want that to happen to us. I don't want it to happen to me. Amen? That fire that once was in my life, where is it? Do I settle for my old life? Do we settle for our old lives? My hope and prayer is no. We need to ask and intentionally fan the flame. You got to ask yourself, do I want to do that? Am I willing to do that? Because it takes action. Jensen Franklin's a pastor that I love to watch on YouTube. He's got a great church in Georgia, a tremendous man of God. And he, he, I was listening this a couple weeks ago, and he wrote this, or he spoke this sentence. You, you got to get some separation between you and the world. Because one, remember, we're talking about a new life. We're talking about where we once were to where we're going. We're moving forward. And sometimes the world, and you don't have to raise your hand, but sometimes the world drags us back, huh? Yeah, that's what happens. Because we live in a world that gets after us, gets under our skin. You know, the world 
lives in this verse, it's a lot of selfish, prideful, lustful behaviors. That's the world we live in today. Galatians 5.19 through 21, pretty clear spelling out. Now, the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. That's a powerful list. But you know, doesn't it sound like the world? Doesn't it sound like the world today that we're dealing with? So remember, title of our message, we're walking in new life. We once wrestled with that. Now we're moving forward. We're moving to a new direction. Amen? I have a good friend in the audience this morning. I'm going to have him come up because I want you to hear a, a real life story of someone who is walking in new life. Albert Black's a good friend of mine, and he uh, and I have uh, kind of a funny history, actually. This is the first time we've been on stage together, and so it's powerful to think of what God has done in our lives. And so, Albert, I want, you, I want you guys to hear just a little snippet of his story, because it's powerful. Hi, good morning. I'm, I'm a little nervous. I like to talk, but when I get up here, I, I don't know. I'm probably not going to say half the things that I thought I was going to say, but uh, I'll do my best. Um, I was raised in a, in a good Catholic family, went to church every Sunday, and, uh, you know, I was taught about God and, and tried to do the right things, but uh, went away to college, and I, and I did all of those things that were, you know, or most of those things. I lived that uh, just gluttonous life and a lot, of, uh, a lot of just carousing, a lot of things that young guys do, and, um, you know, it took me down a path, and I... Uh, I just had this hole in my gut that I was trying to fill with all of those things. And, uh, and then I got married and I, I took it into my, my marriage. And I, you know, I have to say that I, I dishonored God. I dishonored my parents. I dishonored my wife. I dishonored my children. I dishonored my community. I dishonored church. And so I got to this point, kind of like Paul, I had this, this profound experience uh, a little over seven years ago, about eight years ago, I was uh, I was just beside myself because I knew, you know, I'm going to church, but I'm I'm living a double life, and uh, I just I pulled over on the side of the road and I was distraught, I was crying, and I just I, I didn't want to live the way I was living. I was tired of lying, and I just uh, I, I was just beside myself, and so I, I asked God. I said, uh, if you help me get sober, I'll spend the rest of my life sharing the gospel and helping men. And that's, that's what I've done. And so, you know, seven, eight years later, I've, I've got to disciple, you know, over 800 men and women and, and countless family members. There's probably about 50, 60 people here today uh, because of my mess. So it's about making th this message is from my mess. So God has used my sin. Um, I know what I'm talking about because I've been in those dark places. I've had the police in my living room. Uh, as a married guy, and then go to church on Sunday. And so uh, today, you know, I choose to follow Jesus, and it's been an, it's an amazing thing. You know, I've, I've lived two lives, and so I could always go back to that life, but I, but I, I, I don't want to. I mean, this is a better life, and it's, it's not easy. It's, it, this is not an easy life, and, um, you know, I would just challenge all of you to look in the mirror, all of us, to get real, be authentic, quit fooling yourself, deceiving yourself, because if, if you're not being attacked, then I, you know, Satan, Satan's, 
if, if you're not having some things going on in your life that are challenging, then, then maybe Satan's got you. You know, if everything's easy peasy, then, you know, I don't know. But uh, I just, you know, I choose to follow Jesus today. Thank you, Albert. Thank you. Yeah, that's, a, that's the real deal right there. That's a story. And I wanted you guys to hear that because it, it's, you know, when I read the Bible, I love to have it kind of jump off the page. And, and, and as I've known Albert for, I knew him when he was unhealthy, um, probably 12 or 15 years ago. And, and, and to see him today and to stand on this stage and hear his testimony, there's got to be a God, amen? There's got to be a transforming man of God. That guy's a man of God now. And it's because of the love of Jesus that reigns and rules in his life. And that's what I'm talking about. When you need to remember your Damascus Road experience, that list that we just read in Galatians 5, just like he said, he lived that life. And the good news is we have freedom in Jesus from that destructive list. He has freedom in Jesus. Saul has freedom in Jesus. I have freedom in Jesus. And if you've said yes to Jesus, so do you. You know, we need to learn to tune out our, our flesh. We got to tune it out. You know, it's, it's good news. I was reading, this is a true, true story. Some researchers in Italy proved it that your ears continue to grow your whole life. Now, don't look at your neighbor and say, man, you got big ears. That's not what I'm talking about. But the cartilage in our body continues to grow. And so you got those big old ears to catch stuff. And so that's a good thing, right? Now, your bones might not grow as well. Your muscle might not grow. Fats, all those things might not grow as well. But we got, we got ears that continue to grow. And I say, thank you, Jesus, that I can still hear. That's a great buildup. You guys with me? We together? In Africa, Tupapamoja. That's, that's Swahili. Because it's a big deal to be together. We want to be together. We're jumping into Romans 6 now. The backdrop of Romans 6, of course, the context. Paul writ, wrote this in about 58 to 60 AD. This is how my mind thinks. I don't know about you, but I like to kind of know what I'm reading and who's writing this. And Holy Spirit's driven. And, and chapter 5 talks about having peace with God. In fact, 5.8 is a beautiful verse in 5 that God shows his love for us, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. We're familiar with that verse. While we were far from God, he still loved us and wanted us to be with him. He gives us grace and peace, and he reconciles himself through Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection to the heavenly Father. Chapter 6, we jump forward to, and it's super powerful. Remember the title of the message, Walking in Newness of Life. There's a raging battle that we all have to fight, myself included. This life of unrighteousness and righteousness, this sinful behavior, this fleshly stuff, we're always warring against it. And we have a God who sent Jesus to make us right before the Father. Chapter 6, verses 1 through 4. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can he, we uh, who died to sin still live in it? It's a good question. 
Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized in Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. That's the title of this message. And, and again, a couple of months ago when I was beginning, I was reading the Bible, and that one sentence just jumped off the page to me. Man, I began to ask myself, am I walking in newness of life? And I want that question to be a part of what we're doing today. We're new creations. If you've said yes to Jesus, you're new. The old is gone. We need to look at ourselves in relationship to the gospel message and the Bible and then begin to share what he's done, just like Albert shared, just like we hear the story of Saul, just like you've heard some of my story. Point three, this is kind of where the rubber hits the road. There's action required of us in this new life in Christ. Amen? This is not a passive deal that we're walking. This is a journey that's going to have trials and struggle, joy, high points, low points. That's our life. As we continue to see that the death that we once had, that we connected, we, we, we connected our, our faith with Jesus is now life through his resurrection. And that's a hallelujah moment. Hallelujah, Lord. We say thank you, Jesus, for your resurrection. And we need to learn to walk in that new life, church. Romans 6, 5 through 7, we're going to continue. You guys are together still with me, right? This is how I do it. I just read, and this is what the Bible says. For if we have been united with him in the death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. Amen. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. Amen. That's a big deal. That's why we're here today. I think we need to remember at times, people, we need to recall what the Lord has done in our lives. And sometimes you got to stir up some of those old moments. Those altars that you had, those times where you were broken before the Lord and weeping at the altar and praying with people. Sometimes we need to gather together and remember those things, just what God did for you. And we need to make room for what God wants to do in you. We all have potential and we all have promises. And God places those in our heart. We need to fuel those things. And how do we fuel them, you might ask? Well, just let me ask you. I'll tell you. We fuel it by reading the Word. This Bible's important, amen? And if you don't have one, by the way, there's some ones in the back. You can take those if you don't have a Bible. We need to be in prayer. We need to be in service to the kingdom. You know, maybe, like Saul was blinded, maybe you need to be blinded again. Maybe you need to have that moment of, oh, I'm a believer in Christ. I need to be acting in a certain way. I need to follow the word. I, the last time I checked, I don't know if I, anybody else could say this, but I don't know of a revival that started by sitting in a church seat. I don't think there has been one. There's an action that has to be happening in our lives, just like we said in that third point. 
Romans 6, 8 through 12. Now, if you died with Christ, we believe that we also live with him. We know that Christ being raised from the dead will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For death, he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. The message translation is a neat message. Anybody read the message every now and then? I like it. The ending of this verse brings it kind of into a modern language. Listen to this. Sin speaks a dead language that means nothing to you. God speaks your mother tongue, and you hang on every word. You are dead to sin and alive to God. That's what Jesus did. Amen? We can celebrate that. We're made new by his death and resurrection. And now, the joyous thing, guess what he's doing? Guess what Jesus is doing right now? He's interceding. Look at Romans 8, 4, or 8, 34. Who is to condemn? Jesus Christ is the one who died. More than that, who was raised? Who is at the right hand of the Father? Read this with me. Who indeed is interceding for us. Hallelujah. We have a Savior that's at the right hand of the Father right now, interceding on my behalf and on your behalf. And that's great news. That's great news. It's a great comfort. I'm excited. Come on, come on, come on. Don't you feel unworthy of that? I can't believe that the God of the universe sees me and you. I'm so excited (laughs) that I just get excited. Sorry. He's He's interceding. I know I got notes. It's good. The last part of chapter 6 that we're going to touch on, we're going from 1 down to 14. So 13 and 14. Do not present your members to sin as instruments. Remember that word instruments. We're going to touch on that in a minute. For unrighteousness. But present yourself to God as those who have been brought from death to life and your members to God as instruments of righteousness. For sin will have no dominion over you since you are not under the law, but under grace. Thank the Lord for his grace and mercy. Man. The message again, kind of modern words. Listen to the end of this. Sin can't tell you how to live. After all, you're not living under that old tyranny any longer. You're living in the freedom of God. That's a big deal. We just say, thank you, Jesus, for that. Amen. A commentary as a study, and again, kind of trying to get you guys, it's making sense, right? It's beginning to understand what we're building. We're building on this message that the Lord has laid on my heart to bring to the church today. This commentary I was studying, we need to recognize what God has done for you in Christ and apply that to your experience, what you're doing on a day-to-day basis. Um. You are risen in Christ. Act like a resurrected believer with new life in Christ. That's not about being the fact that we might have down days, because we have down days, right? Remember, we live in this world, this fleshly tent. Some days you don't feel very good. But we are a part of this acting like a resurrected believer. There's a great song called uh, Elevation Worship Sings called Resurrecting. I don't know, has anybody heard that song? Man, it's a powerful song. 
if you get a chance, YouTube, they got everything on YouTube. You can figure out how to cook everything. You can watch music. You can do whatever. It's a great, it's a great song. We need to be willing to present ourselves, our members, it says, as we navigate our life to Christ, making decisions to do his will as he leads, as he, as he pushes on us. You know, it's, again, it's this idea we can't present ourselves to be available to sin at the same time we're available to God. You understand, people, church. We have to understand we can't do the. It's like oil and water. They don't mix. We, we choose one way or we choose another way. That's how it is. That's life. Now, that word instrument that I mentioned to you earlier, in, in 13, instruments of unrighteousness, instrument of righteousness, the, the original language of instruments, kind of interesting. It's, it's a military context. It's an implement of war. It's a weapon. It's armor. That instrument word, is what, that's what that originally meant. Now, how many know we're in a battle? Amen? We're living in a world that wants, whew, it's rough. There's people around the world very na- right now, this very moment, being persecuted for Jesus. And so it's interesting, isn't it, that it says, do not present your members to sin as instruments like armor or a weapon or a you know, bow and arrow or something for unrighteousness. That's a volatile word, right? And, and yet we want the instruments to be of right. We want to put the shield up. We got to know the word. We got to be prayed up. If you're going into a situation and you know it's going to be hostile, who, what are you going to do? We're going to pray. You're going to maybe bring another brother or a sister who's strong in the Lord and you're going to go. And you're going to confront whatever issue you might be dealing with. Newness of life is a, is a journey, and it's a walk. It's a walk against things of the world, like we read in that Galatians verses. But it's heading towards the hope of Jesus, right living. Now, it's easy usually to do unrighteous things. Because typically involves some form of pleasure. You know, you understand what I'm saying. It's, it's this big contrast, though, right? What we've been talking about, this newness of life versus our flesh, this righteousness versus unrighteousness. That's, it's a real conflict. And the only way I think we can beat it is with Jesus, amen? He's the one who made us right before the Father. So we can stand one day on, you know, this, this world's not going to last forever. And we're going to stand in front of our maker And we're going to be right because we said yes to Jesus. That's a beautiful thing. And my prayer, church, um, you know, myself included, is that we grasp what I'm talking about. We're just about done. We're almost done. This is good. You guys are with me, correct? We're living in freedom with God. Leaving behind the things that so easily entangle us, we press on for the high calling of Christ Jesus in our life. That's in Philippians 3.3. That's what the Bible says. Those are not my words. We need to step out in faith, people. We need to have great love and passion for Jesus and the people around us. We all have people that are lost and hurting and broken and sick. And we're chosen. We're chosen. We're the chosen ones to go and walk it out. Now, Pastor Dave's classic line, 
wonder why the Lord didn't use puppies. Everybody loves puppies, right? But he chose, God chose us. We get to walk it out. Now, I'm not perfect. Nobody in this room is perfect. Some of us made mistakes coming here. But you know what? Doesn't matter. Look at who we've heard from. We've heard from Saul in the book of Acts, chapter 9. Read that when you get home. We've heard from Albert. You've heard from me. None of us are perfect. But we all get to be used by the Lord. And that's my goal for each of us today, to walk in newness of life. We touched on three points. Number one, God can use anyone to bring him glory. He can use you. He can use you. Number two, what's your Damascus Road experience? If you've said yes to Jesus, there was a moment where you went from not knowing him to knowing him. That's what I'm talking about. Those are the kinds of stories that we need to be able to share to our friends, our family. Ask the Lord to reveal people to you. So you know what? You never know what your story is going to do to somebody. They might say, wow, God rescued you from that? That's awesome. The last point, there's action required of us in our new life in Christ, amen? And you've heard about it. These are the things that we've talked about this morning. This is a great book. The book of Romans is filled with deep stuff. And we just touched on, I mean, we go on forever. There's lots of great stuff in that book. But continue to dive into your word. Continue to pray. Continue to serve people. Now, if you flip over your notes, if you got a note sheet, as you know, when I speak, I got to throw a challenge out there. But that's how I live. That's how I live. One friend says, I don't have any moss underneath my feet because I can't stop moving. Until the Lord takes me, I'm going to keep moving. So if you look in your sheets, um, I don't think we have them on the screen, but I'll read them to you. Challenge number one, will you answer the call and reignite the fire of your salvation in Jesus? If today is the day that you want to say yes to Jesus and praise God, we're going to celebrate with you. But if you've already done that, I want, you, I want to encourage you, ignite the fire, begin to do things for the Lord. The second thing, will you as a believer, this is tough, people, this is real life right here, will you be a believer who changes your social media habits, the words you speak? what you watch on TV or the internet, and align that from a godly perspective. This is real, people. This is something, I'm, I'm speaking to myself too, okay? I'm not just talking, to, talking at you, I'm talking to myself, and the Lord burdened this on me two months ago. We need, to, we need to ask ourselves those questions. They're hard questions. And the last of the three challenges, I want you to consider to go home today, get alone with the Lord, and ask him what he wants you to do. Is it serving at the church? Is it volunteering in the community? Is it forgiving someone who has hurt you? Come on. You're going to do whatever the Lord asks you to do, aligning it with Scripture. Are we together? This is a challenge. This is a challenging message. It's not easy to stand up here and preach a message like this and challenge people, and be challenged myself. But you know what? This is what I want to do. This is my life. This is who I want to be. I want to be more like Christ. Amen?
So we need to be challenging each other. If you see someone, social media, whatever it might, I don't know why I do this, but I guess that's how you do that. It's a habit. Um, but be kind and say, hey, brother, hey, hey, sister, what's going on? Can I pray for you? Seems like you're struggling. Those are little tough words you're throwing out there in the atmosphere. And, 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 and be a friend to somebody. Listen to your friends. Be challenged by your friends. And begin to walk in newness of life. And so I just pray that the Lord's face and his favor shine upon each one of the people in this church today. God, I pray for this week. I ask that you walk alongside each one of us. And God, I ask that you encourage people to take these challenges from this message seriously. God, don't let this fall. When your word is spoken, it doesn't come back void. And your word was spoken today. So thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And go with these people in peace. We love you and we thank you. Amen.